Labor Day weekend is supposed to be super tight, and I'm going to my cousin's bachelor party. This is the cousin who asked me to be in his party through Instagram, which I thought was really painfully millennial. Um, and we were going to go boating on Lake Dillon. I woke up Monday morning sick as hell. This is the first, like, three hours that I've been able to breathe through both nostrils. So we're back in business. It is Derek Quinn, the Denverse. Well, that is quite an introduction. I hope you enjoyed your Labor Day, Marvin Quinn. <laughs> I know. So sad. Um, I guess let's just get right into it. It's yeah, been buddy. quite a week here in the Denverse. Starting with Friday night, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. CU beat CSU 52-31. to 31. It was a kind of one-sided affair. CU looked really good on offense early um, and not very good on defense, but they looked better on both sides later on in the game. Um, for CSU's credit, their offense looked a lot better than it did last year. Colin Hill looks like he can compete. They need to win some games this year, but they look like they might be better off. Uh, LaVisca Chenault was sort of held in check. He only had one touchdown, but he also had a run, and CSU's plan against him was to just heavily pass interfere if the ball was coming towards him, and that sort of worked. Um, and Mustafa Johnson had this great sack that was, like, to me, the start of football season. Mm. It was... Uh, Late in the game, CSU was already way down. The game was basically over, and he came blindside, just knocked the ball out of his hands. CU ran it in for a touchdown. That was that was the victory. So yeah, uh, the last one at what was formerly known as Mile High Stadium. Uh, we'll get in that one later. That's <laughs> uh, really shallow, but I just love when players' names fits their play style. And Mustafa Johnson, like great pass rusher and to see him just be a big beast and get that uh, sack fumble one choice. Of, one of the things that I'll miss about this, especially being a student, was just the trip down to Denver from Boulder is such an experience. Like you got to figure out how to get down there. It's not that easy because everyone's taking the bus, so you can't take the bus. You've got to like circumnavigate it, take light rail stations. Like It's quite the experience. I got um, a parking pass uh, thanks, Dan Bond. And he let me park in his, in his spot. I w- went there, and the lot was full of tailgaters, but fortunately it was CU tailgaters, so that uh. was good. But there were basically no spots, so I had to squeeze in a spot where both cars were over the line. But the CU fan helped me, and then I got out of the car, and he immediately handed me a Coors beer. So that was great. And someone was like, that's pretty generous for a CU student. And I was like, CU students are very generous with alcohol. Yes, they are. So yes, they are. That is not something where anyone has stopped trying to share. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun, but it was it was nice. I will miss that aspect of it because it's really the only road game for CU where people travel like that. Mm, um, mm. Which, speaking of traveling, Nebraska is coming into Folsom Field on Saturday. Oh, relive the old rivalry. Remember the days, like early 2000s, when... CU and Nebraska were both big games on the schedule. Yeah, it was great. Uh, that's CSU, you mean, for CU. Yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Um, but it was really nice to be able to hate on Nebraska, but now CU never gets to play them. It used to be the annual like last game of the season um, after Thanksgiving in the cold, and some really like high stakes were on the line for several years, even though most of the time I think Nebraska handily whooped CU. Especially near the end. Yeah. But now both teams are in new conferences, Big Ten, Pac-12, respectively. So both 
schools have really, I think really like changed who they want to be and I think Nebraska has done a better job at being a Big Ten school than CU has thus far managed to be a Pac-12 school. What's the um, forecast for that game? So this weekend, Nebraska is only a four-point favorite, which isn't a ton considering that they're ranked 25. So that's pretty good for CU. Um, we'll see what happens. Nebraska's really mad at CU still. Their coach, Frost, thought that CU tried to intentionally hurt Nebraska's quarterback and CU's win last year, Adrian Martinez, who's supposed to be really good. Yeah. But he didn't. Like, you can watch the replay. Anyone can watch the replay. It's clear that he wasn't intentionally trying to hurt the guy. Um, I'm sure Nebraska fans disagree. I think tickets are selling in a way that it looks like a lot of Nebraska fans will be at Folsom on Saturday. So that part shouldn't be great. I, I went to the last Nebraska game at CU. It was last game of 2009, day after Thanksgiving. Um CU got killed. The most notable thing about that day actually was that it was the day where Tiger Woods, now ex-wife, threw the golf club through the back windshield of his van, and I read about that while I was at Folsom Field. Wow. Um, So (laughs) What an amazing web to weave between those two (laughs) sports incidents. I know. And now look at them now. Nebraska's coming back to CU. Tiger Woods is watching – the U.S. Open with uh, his son. Yeah, uh, Rafael Nadal called him a hero. Yeah. So, um, Which is another story because Tiger and Federer used to be really good friends until Federer, I think Federer's wife said you can't hang out with him anymore. Oh, wow. So. See, these are sports operas, people like. <laughs> so the Nebraska players, everyone's been talking a lot. Mel Tucker and the coach of CU now. And the athletic director, Rick George, both told basically the team and the fans to tone it down, that just worry about it on the field. I thought uh, Ryan Koningsberg over at BSN Denver, Broncos beat writer, but also probably the biggest CU football fan our age or a little bit younger, tweeted, long ago, Bill McCartney pointed at a superior program in Nebraska and said, we hate them now. Decades later, it's now somehow Nebraska who is yapping Chihuahua that the Rottweiler can't be bothered by. It's beautiful. Wow. So way to go, Ryan. Nice shout out. But it should be fun. I can't go. I'm going to a wedding. I'm not actually that upset I can't go because it might be more fun to watch from afar. Yeah, I mean, I just – the what little I know about Nebraska fans, I believe that they could probably get drunker and win more fist fights. Um but luckily, I don't think there's going to be that many CU fans at the stadium. Um, but this is, I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's a very important bellwether for how the season might go. In last episode, you said the Buffs were predicted to win three and a half games. That's their overrun. Um, and we could push that up to like five games if they're able to beat Nebraska. And um, from an offensive end, it looks like they can hurt you from multiple ways that they've got a good rushing and passing attack. It just matters, like, will Montez be able to link up with Chenault um, to open up options on the field? Because as good as the offense could be, it seems like if one thing doesn't start working, they won't be able to adapt and shift focus. So exciting. It'll be interesting. It'll be a beautiful day on Saturday. So, um Go Buffs. Let's get a surprising win against an old rival. Now let's turn to the highlight of Denver sports. 
the Rockies. Oh, God. So last week I said that they needed to win four games to not lose 100 games this year. Since that time, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon, so this could change. They still need four wins. They haven't won a game since then. Um, it just keeps getting worse and worse. I think the lowlights of the week were getting swept by the Pirates, who bef- coming into the weekend looked like just as bad a team as the Rockies, but the Rockies made sure that the Pirates knew that the Rockies were, in fact, worse. <laughs> and what could be Clint Hurdle's last series as a manager for the Pirates um, in Denver. Um, but it got worse, and it got worse in that the Rockies were s- losing so badly. I believe it was 16-7. to when Ian Desmond stepped up to the mound in the eighth inning of the game on Monday night against the Dodgers, not only did he pitch a scoreless inning, he hit 93 on the radar and then hit a home run the next inning, making him the second pitcher in Rockies history to hit a home run in the ninth inning or later, along with Jason Jennings. (laughs) That is such a good fact that without context sounds super great, but with a sprinkle of context, is absolutely depressing. It's crazy. So one thing, Desmond is one of four players who has not been either sent down to the minors or on the disabled list out of the 25-man roster, which has now been expanded. Um, Brian Shaw, Desmond, Arenado, and Tony Walters are your four, four candidates this year. So it's tough. Come on, boys. Let's get four wins this month to avoid. Let's just not lose 100. Yeah, there we go. Low bar. Moving on, uh, you want to give us an update on the World Cup of Basketball? Yo, FIBA is still popping off real hard. Um, As I said in my preview, the United States looks more beatable than they ever have, um, given just the fact of how many high-caliber all-star players decided not to participate. And although I think they're 3-0 and in group stages, it was two pretty good games that they won, but they just barely, barely pulled it off against a Turkish team that I think has three NBA players versus the U.S., which is all NBA players. Um, and it was just a miraculous four missed free, uh, free throws by um, Turkey at the end of the game to give the U.S. a win. Um Serbia looks like the team to beat. Jokic has had – he's come off the bench, which is really weird, but in international play and especially Serbian ball, doesn't matter who starts on the floor. Um, he's been consistently one of the most active players in terms of scoring rebounds and assists. And today, your boy got brolic on a Italian defender who was hacking him hard in the paint. Um, Jokic – Look on screen, looks like a big goofy dude, but I'm sure if you had his seven foot, two hundred ninety pound self in front of you, pissed off, completely different experience. But um, we got our three Nuggets: Jokic in Serbia, Mason Plumley in the U.S., and Wancho in Spain. Wancho pulled off a double double points and rebounds today. So your top three teams are still U.S., Serbia, and Spain. But quite honestly, right now, my money would be put on the Serbian team. I read a stat like of 111 made field goals, 93 have been assisted. So the team is just playing like a beautiful version of basketball. And if we can, the Nuggets can take from the way Serbia is playing that 
we're going to have an explosive season. So at this point, we're just waiting to get to the knockout stages to see where the U.S., who still are the overall favorites, um, if they'll be able to hang on. But we're shaping up for a Serbia-U.S. finals or a Serbia-Spain-U.S. finals. Um, and I'm super excited for it. Although, goddamn ESPN. You can only access it through ESPN Plus, and no one has ESPN Plus. Um, but they're going to because it's part of Disney Plus. Like, you can get the package with both. Oh. So, in a couple months, and we're all going to be yeah, We're all going to be on everything. in a couple everything. months, we'll get paid for that um, <laughs> unsolicited ad. Uh, yeah, FIBA's still hype. If you're a Greek fan or a Brazilian fan, you're really excited. Your team is doing well. Um not favorites, but there's still a lot of hope. I would just love for the U.S. to put up the kind of ball to make us temporary fans, which is still hard because the games are at, like, four in the morning. And you can only find them on an obscure premium package station. Um, but, yeah, shout out Jokic, Wancho, Plumley. We'll see y'all fellas in the semifinals at least. Um, thanks for that update. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> um, also, Bull Bull signed with the Nuggets. Two-way contract. Are you upset that it's two-way and not one-way? Um, I'm sure he is. From a dude who was at once a prospective lottery pick to drop to a two-way contract has to hurt. But um, the dude just hasn't played a lot of basketball this year. And hopefully that he has the talent, he'll get to do some um, games in, like, Iowa or South Dakota or wherever the hell Nuggets players are. He's a free agent. I think they could just send him wherever they want. Oh, sweet. Um, Uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but because they don't have a team, they have to just, like, find a place for him. I think a lot of people played for, like, the Skyhawks somewhere. Um, But it'll be really good for him to get some G League experience playing against guys who are not fully NBA caliber. Hopefully that helps build his skill set back. Um Dude just needs to eat and work out before he's in NBA playing shape. But hopefully we'll get some exciting games like December, January, where he gets called up. Uh, I'm also excited because now the Nuggets still have one full roster spot. There was talk about a Joe Johnson signing, um, although his style of play, they call him ISO Joe. He would not fit this team at all, but it would be exciting. And, you know... I'm still holding out a small bit of hope. I've done a lot of flip-flopping on this, but I really think that a Carmelo Anthony comeback tour would be in a beautiful send-off um, or a beautiful reemergence. Melo might have more two seasons left in the tank. Um, if he just rides the bench and waves the towel for guys, comes in, shoots a three in garbage time, that would do good for a lot of different parts of my soul. So uh, this... Now, September 4th, I get to say there will be Nuggets basketball next month. And I'll tell you what, I'm so excited for that fact. Uh, But besides that, not a whole lot is happening. Bull Bull, welcome to the team officially. Um, Please play well and get the money you deserve, big guy. We're excited about it. I do wonder if the Nuggets had a D-League team or a G-League team. Sorry. Um would that be enough for them to put it on altitude and would these cable networks just fall over because they get to see Bull Bull play in the G League? Not at all, but I would drive down to Pueblo where I'm sure they would play 
and get drunk off of $5 beers cheering for the G League team every once in a while. But uh, We're going to talk about altitude in a minute. Yeah. But first, I just wanted to mention that Av's rookie camp is this weekend. They will go to California and play the Ducks and the Kings in a rookie tournament with like their rookie roster. It'll be the first chance to see Bowen Byram in uh, an Avs uniform, the number one pick from the draft in May, June, June. Their number one pick, but yes, the fourth, the fourth overall. overall. But there's a chance he's going to make the roster, which is exciting. So I'm excited to see how he does. I think we'll be able to watch that on online. <laughs> not on altitude, but we're not too altitude yet. we got to talk about the Broncos. Mm. It's that uh, time. Quick question. Yeah. How many rookies do they have that the team's going to have a full tournament with them? So they have quite a few. I don't think the college guy. I don't know if the go- college guys can play in the tournament or not, but they have like a full team's worth of guys who are down in either with the Eagles or in the AHL or with their junior oh, teams. Okay. So there are enough guys, sort of like baseball system. Like the Rockies could do a like an all. That's sort of what would McCarr be in that as well. Not because he played in the NHL. If he hadn't played those two games, he'd be playing this weekend. But oh, he okay, is an okay. official player. I guess it was like 10 games. Oh. This time next week, we can talk about Av's training camp because okay, it'll be starting. So that should be exciting. Um, the Broncos finalized their roster. Um, no big surprise. Corey Nelson's coming back. So that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brendan Allen is the new backup quarterback. Is his name Brendan? What? Did you miss How that? Did I miss that. Well, I missed it because it's the Broncos' backup quarterback. I know, um, but they cut Hogan and they assigned Rapine. R- Ripien, I think. I think. No, I think that's what I was saying, but I think I was wrong. <laughs> but I don't know how to say it. Well, he he has to make the fifty-three man roster. Yeah, before he, we he's on the practice squad. <laughs> so who cares about him? Um, yeah, Brandon. Sorry, not Brendan. Allen. He is the. He got cut by the Rams and the. Broncos saw him in their fourth preseason game and decided he looks better than any of our quarterbacks, and so now he's uh, the Broncos' backup. Brandon Allen. He's never started um, in the NFL. Drafted by Jacksonville, and he was an Arkansas Razorback. Wow. So You know, I'm one of like five people who care about the Arkansas Razorbacks at all. Somehow I missed that Brandon Allen – <laughs> played for them at one point. Um, Why do you care about them at all? My family's from Arkansas, okay. and so that Razorback logo, um, it's a really cool-ass logo. Yeah. I'm just angry pigs. You you guys and Scott Hastings are the big Arkansas fans yeah, in the state. Know, we, we, we hold it down. Um, That is so interesting. I thought they were going to get, like, a veteran guy to back up, but apparently this dude. If you're Kevin How tall Ho- is he? That's important. Oh, I can look. Um, If you're Kevin Hogan, you have to be pretty upset, though, because you – He's six two. He's tall. Oh, that's not t- that's not John well, Elway tall. No, but it's taller than Trevor Simeon. Yes. So it's taller than I think it's taller than Drew Locke. Definitely taller than uh, Case Keenum. Yes. But not. Oh, uh, Drew Locke's six four. Well, this has been an exciting segment. The backup <laughs> quarterbacks of the Broncos. Uh, Broncos. Well, Broncos finalized roster. I'm excited because everyone has a bit more experience. But, you know, I really kind of am worried about running backs that I, of course, love Philip Lindsay, but I just don't know. Is he going to be able to repeat a season that no one saw coming um, now with a bigger focus on him? And Royce Freeman hasn't shown that he can be a 
kind of any down back yet. He just doesn't seem to have a vision. Um, Devontae Booker is still on the team. Everyone else is hurt. They only took three running backs. Yeah. Muhammad made the practice squad after I was so excited about him. So he I'm looked, excited to see that. He looked good in the third quarter of the <laughs> game that didn't matter at all. Um, well, we're going to delve into all of these issues on our Broncos preview podcast. Um, so we're going to delve into that. Wanted to briefly mention the Broncos Raiders game Monday night. It's the last game for the Broncos in Oakland um, because they will be in Las Vegas next year. Is that a surefire thing? Yes. Okay. They're building this. We saw the stadium. We saw the stadium. I just <laughs> didn't believe it. I don't believe the Raiders organization when it comes to much of anything. That is hey. true. Um, it's an 820 start. 820 start. So get ready for that, Denver. Broncos season's here. Listen to our Broncos preview that will be coming out sometime before that game on Monday. Yes. And all of your same channels. Um, big news today. Empower Field at Mile High Stadium. <laughs> uh, Derek texted me that um, I'm honestly I'm mad that I kind of like it Empower Field sounds so new Denver um, like what better place to have Saturday morning yoga than at Empower Field at Mile High and Power is a retirement company yeah, so they're but they're not like a retirement home company. Although I did see some people that said we should just start calling it the retirement home <laughs> for Mile High Stadium, which is pretty funny. Um I think they're like an investment company. Oh. If that makes sense. They're based in Greenwood Village. Best place to work in Colorado, according to some survey that no one cares about. But So they have like a ping pong table in their office and yeah. You can sit on bean bags. Yeah. So I think it it should be interesting. It's a 21-year lease. And Sports Authority made it like four years before they went bankrupt. So we'll see how it is. But, yeah, Empower administers $638 billion in investments for 9.2 million participants and 38,000 organizations. Wow. Only Fidelity has bigger numbers in retirement. So they're a big deal. They have more money than – the Broncos. So that's good. That's, that's what you want. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I will say the most annoying thing about them is they seem to be going with the red logo still on the stadium, which I just – let's say you want your logo to be red. At least for Colorado, why wouldn't you change your logo to orange? Just here. You don't have to do it for the rest of the state or the country. That was one of Sports Authority's big mistakes, I think, was they <laughs> didn't change all their stores to orange logos. Well, Sports Authority, that made so much sense to be the name lease on the stadium. But unfortunately, they just couldn't keep up. A retail store in the 21st century is really tough. Um, but they could have built more brand awareness with orange. I don't think Empower gives a damn about what color. If it were pink, they'd be like, we're slapping pink right on this. I'm sure there was like a board meeting where – one guy played Derek. He's like, we have to change it to orange. And then they ran the numbers. They're like, no, we're projected to lose $4 million if we change it to orange. We're keeping it red. Um, I guess happy to have you in power. I don't, it's not going to make any of the concessions cheaper. So I don't know what that money in 21 year lease. Like the stadium's going to be outdated by then. Yeah, it definitely will by then. So 
They are painting it. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but they're painting it a lot more. Just paint makes that stadium look a lot better. Yeah. The okay. orange and blue paint. Um, in other business news, this is the business end of the podcast. Oh, um, yeah. Altitude is still off, is officially off the air everywhere. Yeah. With no end in sight. No. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think it looks great for Altitude because apparently all of these companies want to move them to a premium package. So you'd have to pay more money to get them on TV, um, which will hurt the number of viewers they have, which I think makes it harder for Altitude to sell advertising. So I think they're like, we can't do that. They've said that streaming isn't feasible. They, you know that Altitude Now app that they were pushing? Yeah. Apparently, all three of the big companies were blocking that, and none of them were letting their users use it. Yeah. Which I just thought it was Comcast. But no, it was everybody. Um, the other thing that I found out was that there are only three regional sports networks that aren't a part of a bigger network. And what I mean by that is MSG, Madison Square Garden's company, they have all of the hockey teams in New Jersey and New York, including the Buffalo Sabres, plus the Knicks, plus some Yankees, maybe? Uh, Yankees are the Yes Network. Oh, yeah, they're the Yes. I have no idea why I'm I know that. Sorry. Not, <laughs> and I don't even know what's going on there. They may be yes, less Yes now. <laughs> Anyways, then you have NESN, which has three of the Boston te- or two of the Boston teams, uh, Bruins and Red Sox. And then there's a weird network in Baltimore that has a- – a lot of Orioles games and a few Nationals games, and Altitude. Those are the four independent regional sports networks that are left in the country for professional sports of the big three. NFL doesn't have this problem. Um, All the other ones are either NBC, regional sports network, owned by Comcast, Um, AT&T, Sports networks like the Rockies owned by DirecTV or DirecTV is owned by AT&T or Spectrum owned by Time Warner. So these are the people that the outsuit's going to have to make the deal with if they're going to make a deal uh, to get bought out. So that's a problem. So things are not looking good. Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I read one of the press releases from Altitude and they explained the problem that you just did. And ended it almost exactly the way that you did. Um, it's so upsetting. And I, I remember being upset about this before. And it doesn't seem that someone's going to lose some money. And in the system we live in, that's just not viable. It, it's not okay to lose any money. And it's not like the cable companies. Let's say that they do bump. Let's say Comcast bumps altitude up to a premium thing. If you stay at the basic level, it's not like they're going to give you a discount. They're just going to keep you at the same price. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like, I do, I do think the cable companies have just, like, cable slash satellite have come together and they're like, we're going to do these guys in, which is sort of what seems to be happening. Yeah, they're going um, to break them. Actually, I mean, I don't really care about altitude. I They've I been c- great. I, the people, the personalities have been awesome. Yeah. I'd love to keep that. I don't care about the company. I just want to watch my basketball and hockey. There has been one winner so far in this whole thing, and that's Rapids fans. Because unlike Rockies fans, you cannot watch your team right now. <laughs> and they're really bad. Like It would be nice if we couldn't watch the Rockies. I would like to just be blacked out <laughs> of the Rockies for the rest of September. So um, ending on a more, I guess, personal, more heartfelt note, um, 
Denver Stiffs is having a big turnover there, the SB Nation Nuggets blog. Um, Adam Mares and Brendan Voigt are both leaving the company. Adam Mares took over Denver Stiffs four years ago from uh, Jeff Morton, Andrew Feinstein, and Nate Timmons. Uh, when Nate Timmons stopped being the site, um, the head of the site, Adam Mares stepped in and really took Denver Stiffs in a new direction. I think Adam is one of the most talented people in the uh, Denver sports media. He works very hard, but he also just made more of a community around Denver Stiffs where it's probably the best fan sports community in Denver as far as an outside entity from the teams. No doubt about it. Um, got to meet Adam last year and had that small like, oh, this guy's kind of a minor celebrity. I've <laughs> read a lot of words that he's written. Um, and he was super kind and gracious and gave me free Nuggets tickets. And really the community, albeit small, as the team is growing in terms of popularity and talent, it's so nice to meet even 10 folks who will go to um, Illegal Pete's on a Tuesday night and watch a game that clearly not a lot of people are caring about because we can't watch it on TV anymore. Um, We're going to have to have like speakeasy par parties <laughs> where right. we get a VPN and we watch Altitude on like just some like, do you have the password? Are you with the feds? Yeah, sort right. Of thing. Yeah. Um, but through that community, I know someone's going to come up with something. And even if we have to spend more money on games going to them, of course, I will do that. Uh, but I mean, best of luck to both of them in their endeavors and Thank you for helping create this community, and God bless. I hope um, Denver Stiffs continues to becoming a nexus place for Nuggets fans. Yeah, and I think both have said they're staying in the area. I'm excited to see what they do. But that's it for now. We're going to have our Broncos preview, so look for that. Um, yeah, and some more story content coming up. Um, we're trying to get real difference with the podcast, but thanks to people like Stiffs for making this medium seem like a viable um, way. And uh, real quick, just go to don'tblockmyaltitude.com to give um, <laughs> the cable companies a piece of your mind. If you don't care, do it on behalf of the handful of us who really do. Because, golly, I need this. Um, yeah, this has been the Denverse. Till next time. Peace. <laughs>